together, we continue to ask the inspiration and the power of the Holy Spirit, knowing that without him we are nothing. Come, Holy Spirit. We trust in your goodness and your mercy and your grace. We pray that you would make our minds, our hearts, and our souls the fertile soil that you speak of in the gospel. Illuminate the scriptures for us. Convict, Lord, and console our hearts. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. question for us this morning, are you, am I, are we more Christ-like than we were six months ago, right? Maybe, maybe we don't want to answer that question, right? Are we more patient, more kind, are we less selfish, less lustful, are we more chaste, are we more generous? Do we see in all people, especially those who are poor in some fashion, the face of Christ and love them more profoundly or not? And if the, the question for us, again, including me, is like, nah, I don't know if I am. Maybe I'm not. Or definitively I'm not, right? Why not? Why? We're believers of Christ. We're his followers. And then if we believe in the power of the gospel, it's transformative. And the thing that it does primarily is to conform us more into Christ. And so if this, this is not happening, it's a lifelong journey for us, right? Lifelong journey. But if we don't see ourselves moving closer to this, then what is it, then why? I was thinking about this during today's in preparation for today's homily with the gospel because these words I couldn't get out of my head, ephatha, ephatha, be open, be open, be open to what? To the, the simple and profound power of the gospel. That if we don't have a conviction that the gospel is power and the gospel has power to change us, then why are we here? I, I called um, I, through a mutual friend, I don't, Father John Ricardo. Maybe you, you know his name. He has a, a radio show on Ave Maria Radio called Christ is the Answer. He's the pastor of a fast-growing, very dynamic parish in Detroit, outside of Detroit in Plymouth, Michigan. And it had been on my heart for a while to call him. We have a mutual friend. So I called him and I said, okay, so, I mean, you guys are just killing it up there. Like you're growing leaps and bounds and it's amazing what the Lord is doing in people's lives and your parish and that community. What's the answer? What's the answer? What are you doing? And he said, okay, there. He says, it's funny that you ask me that. The Lord has kind of put me in this place of kind of giving this talk. So I've given this talk a few times and it's five things. And I'm just going to give you the first thing that he told me. He said, we have to believe again. We have to be convicted, he said. 
in the power of the gospel. Like that's number one. As Catholics, we have to be convicted, convicted in the power of the gospel. That it's not just this cute fable, you know, like, hey, Jesus was a nice guy, let's everybody be nice. Awesome. Shake hands, hug, we're good. So much more than that. So much more than that. It is the power of God himself, of the Holy Spirit, to come into our lives and literally to change us. To change us. So that we become saints. Like that's our end. That is our goal. That is what we're created for. This past week, we celebrated the feast of now St. Teresa of Calcutta, more affectionately known as Mother Teresa. And it, I mean, if you know me a little bit, you know I love her. Love her. And why? Because she's just a simple Albanian woman who said, Jesus, you can have my whole life. You know, she said, if God could find a poorer instrument than me, if he could find a less perfect instrument than me, then he would do greater things through them than he did through me. And I'm like, Mother Teresa, come on now. Come on. And then I get excited. I'm like, well, I'm poorer than Mother Teresa, so let's do this, you know. Come on. Seriously. And then, and then, so I like, I, I, I love to read things about her because like, how did God do what he did in her life? How did he do that? How did she become such a profound instrument? I mean, entering into the greatest suffering and the greatest poverty and bringing light, going into so many places, the rich, the poor, the lowly, into so many different countries. And she's just like, hey, here I am, Jesus. And people are like, okay, good, all right, yeah, whatever you say. <laughs> There's a story about her. She went into this corporation's board of directors and she was asking them for money for one of their missions. And she presented the need. And they said, okay, mother, uh, we'll think about it. And then she just started over again. And they're like, oh, okay, mother, we'll think about it. And she just started over again. And it happened about four times. They're like, okay, cool, you can have the money. You know, they were good. Like fearlessness for Jesus. What is that? Where did that come from? And in reading the book, Mother Teresa's Secret Fire, you know it, I didn't have to tell you, I say it all the time. Father Joseph Langford, he says this. He says, Mother Teresa, like what's the power of the gospel? The power of the gospel is essentially this. We are sinners in need of God's mercy. We are sinners in need of God's mercy. And God chose not to leave us abandoned or orphaned, but to enter into our lives by dying for us and becoming, taking on the weight of our own sin that we don't have to pay the price for that, that he pays the price for it. And he gives free life to us, natural life, supernatural life, open up the doors of heaven. That's the gospel. Simple. We're sinners Jesus is merciful. Lord, I need your mercy. Come into my life and let's go. I want to follow you. And so Father Langford in talking about this said that Mother Teresa understood that the only way to approach God's thirst for us, and this is what is God's thirst? That's how 
she was describing from Scripture how much the Lord loves us. That God thirsts for us. Thirst. And we can need to contemplate that for the rest of our lives. God thirsts for us. He says the only way to approach it is to be open to it without insisting on understanding it or being worthy. I remember like the first time God was like really moving in my life. I'm in college and I'm like, oh my gosh, like you really love me? Like that's not just a thing, but that's, that's true. I, like, I don't get it. I don't get it. How could you love me like that? Knowing what I've done, knowing who I am. And the Lord's like, I don't need you to get it, man. You don't have to understand it. It's not rational. My love is beyond that. It's beyond that. I'm like, well, I'm not worthy. He's like, clearly, <laughs> no argument there, right? That's not what this is about. It's about my mercy. So for us, as we're approaching this, and it's interesting, this past week I was talking to someone who's been in ministry for 10 years. And in a dynamic ministry. And they're like, Father, you know the hardest thing, like right now and always has been, is like for me to be open to letting the Lord love me. I'm like, me too. Me too. Why is it so hard? Should be the simplest thing, right? But we run, we're ashamed, we hide, we're fearful. And the Lord is just pursuing us and pursuing us. And he's patient and he pursues us. And it's a matter of just letting him in. Just letting him in and letting him love us right where we are in the midst of our mess. And there's nothing more transformative than that. Nothing more transformative than that. We cannot change ourselves. Only love can change us. Divine love. And we should not keep trying to insist on understanding that or being made worthy. But as Father Langford says, just be open. Just be open. Ephatha. This deaf and mute man today in the gospel could do nothing for himself. Nothing. In terms of, like, you can think of the time. I, I, not According to my understanding, there wasn't like sign language back then. I'm sure there was like some basic kind of being able to communicate. But you think how much at that time someone who could not hear, someone who could not speak, how ostracized they were from the community. Feeling so apart. Helpless. And Jesus' words, Ephatha, be open to the power, the transforming power of the gospel. God wants to do this in our life every day. Every day. And the thing is, is that we have to begin to believe that more, to believe it. Father Langford continues in his book, he says, no amount of casual contact with God can change us. Like, we can come to Mass every weekend, we can come to Mass every day, we can pray, but like, if we're just going through the motions, it's not going to have a tangible effect in our life. Until we're open a little bit more, primarily through faith. You might think, well, man, Father, I don't even know if I believe in God right now. I'm just kind of here. I don't know how I got here. Awesome. The Lord's working in life somewhere and it's good. And so ask for faith. Ask him for it. And then make an act of faith. Jesus, I believe. Like my emotions are telling me a million different things and I don't know what to believe. But I choose to believe that you are the Lord. 
You are who you say you are. And you can do what you say you can do. And I step into that. And I ask the people around me, my brothers and sisters in the church, to step in with me. Step in with me. Hold me up. Believe with me when I am struggling in this. And it will continue to open and open and open this space for God to move. And this is a lifelong process. But we must be convicted with the power of the gospel. And then when God finds less worthy instruments than Agnes, now St. Teresa of Calcutta, then he will do greater things. And so this second reading in the gospel, it's like, oh, what do I, what do I do? Like, hey, you know, when the poor show up, uh, then the power of the gospel is in my life and I move towards them. Because the love of Christ is in my heart and I want to encounter them in a profound way. So today, we just ask for the grace, this grace, for a deeper conviction in the power of the gospel. And I'm asking with you for myself. And to hear these words. And what, ephatha, be open. And so what I want to invite us all to do, homework, practical stuff, right? To believe in the power of the gospel, we have to read and pray with it. So, the Bible, you know, you got hanging out on the coffee table or wherever it is. Maybe you got a cute little rosary on top of it that your grandma gave you. You're like, I'm Catholic, look at that. <laughs> Break it open, <laughs> right? Break it open. And start reading the gospel. And don't just read it like it's a book, but ask the Holy Spirit to come and to help you pray with it every day. And if you don't understand it, say, come Holy Spirit, help me understand. Help me understand. Invite others with you to pray. Secondly, go to confession. Jesus' first sermon was this. Repent and believe in the gospel. Meaning recognize your sin, take responsibility for it. Confess it and believe in the mercy of God. Come to confession regularly. It is a transforming thing. Study the faith. We can begin to understand. Can we understand everything? No, but the Lord wants to deepen. He's given us a mind for a reason. And so if you, you can go informed on our website. There's so many resources to know and understand the faith. And then serve the poor, the spiritually poor, the physically poor. The socially poor. Get out of ourselves. Let us get out of ourselves and encounter Christ in the poor. And let us be open to the power of the gospel. So today in Mass, I want you to pray a simple prayer when you come for communion. Jesus, let me let you love me. Let me let you love me. I stop fighting and pushing you away. Let me let you love me. And hear Jesus say, Ephatha, Ephatha, be open to what? The power of the gospel.